0: Welcome, everyone, to Reimagine Insurance, a podcast series about the trends, disruptions, and strategies that are reshaping the insurance industry today. I'm your host, Ari a senior partner in McKinsey's insurance practice and global leader of Leap by McKinsey, which works with established companies to imagine, build, and scale new businesses. Today, we'll be discussing how insurers can better compete against digital players by launching new businesses of their own. Joining me is P.S. Schluter, a partner in McKinsey's Düsseldorf office, who works with European insurers on business building as well as digital and analytics transformations. Along with us is James Bilefield, uh, who's an expert in digital strategy and transformations and has built a range of businesses within financial services and across industries, technology, media, and so on. He serves on a number of public, private, and nonprofit boards. Uh, and has worked on a broad set of growth and change initiatives. He's also an active investor in technology and a senior advisor to McKinsey. Thank you both for being here. Traditional insurers are seeing growing competition from digital players. The pandemic and customer behavior changes are pushing the industry to become digital much, much faster. And one of the big levers is building their own businesses. First, let's consider why and when a traditional insurer both Life or PNC, should build a new business? James, maybe maybe we start with you.
1: Yeah, Ari, great question and uh, delighted to be here uh, today. So, of course, insurance is one of the oldest intermediated industries in the world, right? Lloyd's insurance market here has been around, I think, since the 17th century and frankly has been uh, dominated for decades by just a handful of pretty well-established players with relatively few new entrants versus other industries. But I think the world's now changing pretty fast for the sector, driven by largely new technology and data making it possible to transform not just the core underwriting part of the industry, but also I think how policies are distributed, how claims are managed and how you serve clients and customers in new ways that could lower risk, increase engagement and lower your cost to serve good measure of that is the investor community. So they're getting pretty excited about what they call insure tech, a little bit of a variation on fintech. So I saw some numbers from Willis Towers Watson that said in 2020, annual insure tech funding reached an all-time high of just over $7 US billion across 377 deals. So that's the highest dollar amount, I think, in any year ever. And I think incumbents which are facing into these headwinds I think the key question for them is how quickly they adapt to what seems to be inexorable market changes and really to decide what size of share they will have their organizations will have uh, in the next generation of the insurance industry
2: yeah maybe adding to what uh, james said i think it's exactly these market changes like changing customer behavior or increasing availability of data and also technology. That is the reason why insurers are increasingly building new businesses. It's a way for them to protect themselves from disruption to their core business. It's a way to meet these shifts in customer behavior and expectation. And most importantly, it's also a way for them to open up completely new revenue streams. And in fact, we've done a bit of research and actually found that this last point. So opening up new revenue streams was actually a key reason in over, I think 60% of all business builds. And also, insurers, I guess also know that if they don't start building these new digital businesses themselves, there will be one highly funded insure tech somewhere that will do it instead of them and that will eventually take away their customers and eat up their profit pools.
0: Yeah, great point. Thank you, Pia and James. I always find it interesting when incumbent organizations aspire to build new businesses. The very first question is typically, what assets do we have as a mature established company that we can use in this new business? You know, how can we win? And in the case of insurance, the whole industry is based on having data and running analytics on it to try to calculate risk and create value propositions for customers. So one of the things I'm seeing that insurers are exploring is entering more capital light industries with building analytics platforms and data platforms, leveraging all that data they have, not just using the data to price a policy and provide insurance, but pooling the data and running analytics to get smarter to help customers in different ways. It's quite innovative use of a very old asset So the question for the two of you is when people think about building new businesses for incumbents, the first thing that comes to mind is always digital attackers. Let's build a digital business. Let's get digital distribution. Much faster, easier, cheaper, more seamless way. Is that the only archetype for building businesses in insurance or are there other models we're seeing?
2: It's definitely not the only model. In fact, I think we see four different models today in insurance of new digital businesses, The first one is what you call digital attackers, basically a direct-to-consumer or some also call it direct 2.0 insurer, that's mainly selling online or via aggregators. A second model that we increasingly see is digital omni-channel insurers. In addition to online and aggregator sales, also serve brokers or the bank assurance channel or even tight agents. And then the third model, we increasingly see insurance businesses being built by non-insurers. So think of, for instance, several car makers that are now offering or building their own auto insurances to sell jointly with the car. And then finally, we also see platform or let's say ecosystem plays that integrate insurance with other broader services. And sometimes these, these ecosystem or platform plays even focus only on one individual element of the insurance value chain, like distribution.
1: I think that's interesting, Pierre. I see competition coming from many sides to uh, incumbent insurance players. I mean, the digital attackers tend to get the headlines and maybe a lot of the investment dollars, but don't underestimate the power of big tech, the existing big tech platforms. Within this competitive space, they have very deep, data-rich customer relationships, and a number of them have already moved into financial services and are either looking to or already starting to expand that footprint into the world of insurance. Pia mentioned some of the car companies building into this market. That helps them build an ongoing relationship with customers moving away from a more transactional purchase of a vehicle into a more of a lifelong, almost SaaS-type relationship they're able to build, which is quite attractive from a valuation perspective. But not just car makers, some home builders, realtors, other players are also extending capability into insurance. And amongst the digital attackers themselves, I think we should differentiate a little bit. Some are simply focused on established market segments, basically using new technology to innovate just a part of that value proposition. some are betting on segments that are entirely new for example gig workers some others innovate mostly around the distribution side rather than the product side others build components to help incumbent insurance with their own tech stack around data collection claims handling fraud detection etc which can be a big unlock of optimized performance for a large existing organization so there's many different flavors there amongst the digital attackers. And I think it's important to differentiate between them as you start to think about the right strategy for your organization.
0: I love both of your points. This is actually a very nuanced space. We always say the reason to build these new businesses is to serve a strategy, right? It's not just something fun to do or an innovation experiment or something digital because, uh, because you want to be digital. One of the strategic shifts I've seen in the industry in the last decade or so is moving from what I call repair and replace to predict and prevent. Getting a lot smarter and providing a more holistic set of experiences for the customer beyond just paying the claim. And it's becoming more and more clear that the industry is using digital business building to help fulfill the goal. The bad news is it's really hard to build these things. I think our research shows something like a 8 to 10% success rate for new businesses to scale with a satisfied management team. The majority of these don't get there. And so maybe we can get into a little bit of what are some of the challenges? Why is it hard? What are the challenges we see in building and scaling new
1: businesses? I would say important to keep a flexible mind on actually what you choose to build versus where you partner smartly and also what you're able to buy in the market, either renting capabilities, which you need just for a period of time, or you need to buy for a longer period or forever. I think I'd really highlight the power of partnerships for incumbents, which allow them to integrate great new technologies, which they struggle, frankly, to build themselves. It's not their core competency. Those technologies can also help add functionality quickly to serving customers and also potentially broaden A range of products and sometimes also geographies as well. So done right, they can also then leverage the kind of incumbent advantages, Ari, that you spoke about earlier around data and analytics. And they also can leverage their access to capital and customers, often under a a really trusted brand. Frankly, those are often assets which digital attackers don't bring usually to the table. Now we've seen Some really good examples of smart partnerships between digital attackers and incumbent financial services businesses elsewhere in the kind of wider FS sector. And we've even seen some of the digital attackers use partnership effectively to broaden their range of products at speed as well. So they're partnering with other digital attackers to grow faster. And so it's not just the incumbents who are partnering with these folk, they partner with each other to gain scale and escape velocity which they need to succeed
2: yeah i would fully agree with this for digital attackers or digital businesses making the right decision on where to build something and where to buy or partner something is really crucial because it not only allows them to speed up and lower their investments but it also allows them to improve the value proposition and i think this is especially relevant in the types of ecosystem or platform place that we are increasingly seeing And Ari, to your question, I think in addition to this, and of course, leveraging the best technology, and using agile ways of working, and putting a super strong emphasis on customer acquisition. I would see three critical success factors for incumbents trying to build digital businesses. And that for me would be number one, talent and resources. Number two, data and analytics. And then number three, thinking about how to transfer some of the learnings or assets they are building in the digital business to their core business.
0: The word that comes to mind for me when I think about challenges is culture. So on top of all the great points you made about building new businesses, culture and building a culture that is more test and learn is really, really hard. How do you create something that looks and feels like a startup pivots quickly, is agile, makes decisions based on the customer, adapts. How do you do that in a company that in many cases is decades or even centuries old? It requires speed and it requires these large, mature companies to to be much more nimble. So establishing this this culture of agility and the talent you need for it, like you said, is pretty critical. With new processes in place, something I see a lot struggle with. And those that figure it out, they bring the best of the core, these assets we talked about, the incumbent advantage, and they combine it with the speed of a startup. James, are there other industries that insurance can learn from here? Because everyone's dealing with a similar set of challenges, but there's probably some other industries that have vaulted ahead, uh, maybe faster than the insurance industry. Any learnings and examples there?
1: Yeah, no, Ari, I think that's a great point. I think there are absolutely lessons to learn from industries which are a little bit further along the disruption curve than perhaps insurance has been. Some of the traditional news broadcast groups have built pretty significant and profitable digital businesses, which are now larger quite often than their traditional analogue businesses. Some large retailers, CPG brands, luxury market players I think, have also done a good job, and they've been able to compete effectively against digital attackers using that incumbent or set of incumbent advantages they naturally have. And also in financial services, certainly in the consumer financial services space around the world, in China, the US and elsewhere, there are some really good examples of new digital businesses developed by incumbent organisations that are really taking on the digital attackers and winning. I'd pull out a few lessons, I think, from those successes. To your point, Ari, starting right at the top is around culture and just understanding that the kind of fundamental change required is really difficult. So I worked with a media company some years ago where the kind of scale of digital business which was required to be built was the biggest change this organization had seen in over a century. And it didn't just impact the build of the new digital business, but ultimately all parts of the organization and every single employee within it were affected by the impact of this change, both directly in their work, but also culturally in ways of working and how capital was allocated around the organization. I think you really need to ensure you have full alignment around the board table and the executive committee table, Around the strategy that's needed, the boldness of the approach you plan to take, budgets tend to need to be pretty significant, certainly multi-year, and also, frankly, need to be agile and iterate along the way. This is never a straight road. And you need to hold your nerve sometimes when you're 12 to 18 months in and you're in that valley, I suppose, where you've started out, you started to spend some significant money, but potentially you're not yet seeing the fruits of some of those quick wins come through quite as quickly as you'd hoped. You need to hold your nerve. Linked to that, I think you know, this needs to be an initiative absolutely owned by the chief executive of the organisations. is not something you can successfully delegate within the organization. And you need to make sure a CEO needs to ensure they've got the right mix of both new and existing talent around them in the right positions with the correct incentives. You need to get the diversity of all dimensions correct and also align on that kind of level of ambition to make sure that kind of everybody's singing from the same set of lyrics something which i think is not unique to digital successful digital businesses but certainly i think is accentuated by digital businesses is that obsessive focus on the end user and involving the end user as early as you possibly dare with your plans so typically sharing with them you know beta versions of your new service frankly ideally before you're comfortable because you'll learn so much from real insight with that end customer and building around that customer rather than building around your own internal processes or just automating existing systems and approaches is unlikely to give you the breakthrough change that you need to succeed against the pure play businesses. Finally, and importantly, I think you need to build privacy and security into the new business by design. I mean, trust is so critical across financial services. Of course, insurance is no different to that. And to succeed with a new business, privacy, security, and related aspects need to be at front and center, built into what's being developed. And trust is something which is slow to build and can easily be lost.
0: Great. It's a long list of
1: learnings, but rightfully so. Because as we established,
0: it's a very hard thing to pull off. So let's talk about getting started. It's nice to talk about the theory of big digital ideas and new businesses, but very, very practically as a company, whether an insurance company or as said, a company outside the industry, who's looking to enter with a new business
1: build? What are some of the practical ideas companies can do to get started? I think you need a little, something of a burning platform is helpful, right? To focus the minds of the organization and the board around this topic. So. I think rolling forward three or five years and imagining that one of the deep-pocketed big tech companies had moved into your market, how would they do that? What could you do to prepare for that day? How are you thinking around your customer journeys? How are you digitizing those? What across your organization are you able to automate today, tomorrow, or never? Where do you best deploy the amazing human capital you have in the organization? How are you using data in the organization? How are you using it to make better decisions and to innovate? And to what extent are you shifting your use of data from kind of looking in the rear view mirror to starting to understand and to use live data and then using that live data to start to predict what the future may well hold and using that to make some smarter decisions? put that against the fact that the world of technology will not stand still in the next three years. So are, if you, are those plans still fit for purpose with the accelerating trends of technology disruption that we see around the world and the billions of dollars being invested in InsurTech that I referenced earlier? And if not, what as an organization do you need to build and how fast?
2: Yeah, absolutely agree. And I guess, Ari, to be very practical, I think you need to identify the one area where you want to build a new business. Is it reinventing the way you do insurance? Or is it building something broader, more like a platform or an ecosystem play? Is it in the area of motor or mobility? Or is it in the area of home or in something completely different? And then once you've decided on this, put together really a small but high performing team give them or have them dedicate 100% of their time for a few weeks to really come up with a very concrete and ideally customer tested idea in what we would typically call I guess the breakout phase and then once you have this idea you can further detail it and start building it
0: I like to say you take one big risk in building a new business which is the decision to build the business and then every step after that is about de-risking it right and the way you de-risk it is exactly like you said. You anchor it in business value. You get to the customer quickly. You create an iterative approach. You stage gate, then you roll it out. One of the challenges we typically see, especially in the early days, is how to measure the progress and success of the business. You know, two or three years in, it's pretty clear. You're looking for p You're looking for value with customers. You can measure that. How do you measure that a month in, three months in, six months in, even 12 months in? What, what separates the companies that are on the right path at those early stages from the ones that are not? Have you gotten customer feedback? Do you have a path to getting data and insights? Do you have a successful minimum viable product? Those are some of the things you might look for uh, in the early days. And I just find it as a, as a very common challenge, especially for management teams of the core established companies. Uh, one more question. Sustainability is a big theme nowadays, and it's quite important for corporations to have impact broadly, not just shareholder impact. Any observations on what insurance industry executives and teams can do from a sustainability perspective and building new businesses?
1: I think sustainability has shifted in the minds of more forward-thinking business leaders from a topic which is about risk and is about license to operate and is shifting to a posture where it's actually about potential competitive advantage in the future alongside doing the right thing and bringing organization and other stakeholders with you as you lead. I think the pandemic has highlighted the powerful role of business in solving some of the wider kind of ESG topics, any forward-looking business plan over the next three to five years Uh, needs to incorporate, frankly, not just sustainability, but also some of the social equity and other goals, which are now, I think, becoming, frankly, table stakes for organizations generally. And I think if you're trying to leap forward and do something exciting, more exciting and significant with a new business build, embedding those values and those principles into the core seems like really smart business. Thank you so much, James, and thank
0: you, Pia. Look, it's clear that changes in customer behavior, new competitive threats, and frankly, a brave new world for all of us presents an opportunity, but also a burning platform for insurers to build new businesses and scale them. I hope everyone's enjoyed the discussion on building businesses for incumbents. On behalf of myself and my colleagues, Pia and James, thank you so much for listening.